I'm your host, as always, Peter Roja. Today, my guest has been a teacher for the past 30 years, a uh, basketball coach for the past 28, um, and a minister here in the local area. Uh, please welcome the show, Gary Greenow. How's it going? Hey, what's up, Peter? Thanks for having me, man. I'm excited for this. Yeah, fantastic. Thanks for coming on. Uh, let's get into this. Let's uh, let's start with just like, like who you are and what what um, what do you normally do or what do you do? What's um, yeah? So Gary, ask. yeah, Gary Greeno. Um, of course, you know me as uh, your math teacher yeah. from years yeah. ago, and uh, so I've, I've this is my thirtieth year of teaching math. I'm okay. a basketball coach for twenty eight years, and Peter for the last uh, I guess five one on six years. I've done a lot of motivational speaking, and uh, wrote a book along with that, and just love helping people. Yeah, that's uh, I've, I've noticed that. That's what <laughs> kind of drew me to bring you onto the show. Um, definitely your motivational speaking and knowing you from back from, mm-hmm. from school. Uh, like I was telling um, some people that you know knew you and that I, that I was telling them I was going to have you on the show. Um, as I was like, it's crazy. I've only had I only had Mr. Greeno one year freshman year. You know, at this point, that's that's like ten years ago. Wow. Now that I think, yeah, that's crazy. yeah, that's like ten years <laughs> ago, crazy. and I only had you for one class. Uh, one semester, or yeah, one year, so two semesters, and uh, you know, I didn't play basketball, I wasn't, uh, I didn't go to church, anything like that, so I, you were only in a, a very small portion of my life, and yet there's still things that like you, or just mannerisms that you do, or like things about you that have stuck, mm. and I was, I was telling the other person, I was like, can you imagine how many people that have that same experience that he's like barely been a part of, but like still has an impact to this day, and so I was like, mm-hmm. when I saw you were doing motivational speaking, like that's something he definitely needs to do. Uh, just just the messages that you had in class were like yeah. top notch. Uh, well, thanks, man. That, that means a lot. Yeah. You know? As a teacher, you know, teachers always want to make a difference. Mm-hmm. And I've always said, you know, I'm I'm a math teacher, but I'm not really teaching math. I'm teaching mm-hmm. students. Yeah. You know, and math is just one of the things that I'm teaching. But you know, trying to touch students in different ways. And like you said, you know, you're only with them for a small, short amount of time. Yeah. But. Uh, you know, just want to do everything you can, you know, as a teacher to reach kids. Yeah. What's, what's your favorite part about um, teaching? Because I know you, kind of every aspect of what you're doing in ministry, teaching, coaching uh, is a form of uh, like leadership. Mm-hmm. What's what's your favorite part of doing that? Well, definitely the, the relationships, um, especially with, with teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love the relationships that I've developed. I mean, look, here we are 10 years later. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, you want to bring me back. You know, exactly. we haven't really kept in touch, but you remembered me. You yeah. Know, that's cool. It's really cool. And um, I, I love the, developing the relationship with, with kids when they're young, but then it's really when they get older. Mm-hmm. Same thing with my players. You know, we have a certain relationship when they're playing for me or when you're in my math class. But then to see them be successful five, 10 years after that, and uh, be a part of their lives in that that's really what it's all about yeah and just looking at it and going okay you know maybe i had a small part in that maybe i was able to help in some small way yeah yeah Um, you know that's why i do what i do that's good that's (laughs) good yeah sure it makes you feel a little bit older each time oh my gosh man i'm getting so old (laughs) the more (laughs) students that come through or their players that come through yeah um 
So have you only coached uh, Lincoln basketball? Because I mean, that, that's where we know each other. Yeah, so no. So I started off coaching um, in Bakersfield okay. 30 years ago, middle school uh, coach, and then just kind of bounced around a little bit. I've coached uh, in the Sacramento area uh, before coming to, uh, to Lincoln, but I was at Lincoln coaching there for 14 years. Okay. And then how, uh, how many years have you taught at Lincoln? Uh, so let's see, this is my 15th year at Lincoln, I believe. Okay. And so you've been, you said you've been, you've been teaching for 30 years. Yeah. 30 together. Where's the, where's the other half of the career? So let's see, I started off, uh, teaching and coaching in Bakersfield. Uh, then went over to the Monterey area over there. Uh, my first varsity coaching job was Carmel high school. And then, uh, let's see from there went to, um, Coached a little bit in Santa Cruz at a college there. Nice, nice. And then over at Folsom High School. Okay. I, I actually uh, used to live in, like, Roseville, Rockville. Oh, yeah. Area yeah, back. great place. Yeah, it's I love yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah, amazing up there. Yeah. So you coached at Folsom High, and then from there? And then after Folsom, I came to Lincoln. Okay. Yeah. So just a quick little yeah. move down south. Yep. Fantastic, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So um, you don't only do coaching. You also do ministry. Um, what's what's that like? What's your favorite part about um Doing ministry, being a part of that that community, your yourself. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, ministry is something that that means a lot to me, and just my faith is, is really important. Mm-hmm. I've been a part of the church that I'm at um, for man seventeen years. Same church my wife grew up in, and so just being able to to impact people uh, on the spiritual side mm-hmm. is really important. So I've done a, a lot of preaching. Uh, a lot of teaching. Um, I was actually the interim pastor for almost a year when we were in between pastors, so I got to experience that a little bit. Okay. Um, but yeah, so faith is important, and uh, you know we're on this earth for a period of time, and, and then we're not, and then yeah. we're going to one or two places after. Yeah. So yeah. you know, I'm trying to just help as many people as possible make it to heaven and have a great life on earth. Uh, you know, before then, and so that's part of the, that's the ministry. Between ministry, teaching, coaching. Um, and now your motivational speaking. Um, has there any been, ever been a time where the the four of those have, have come into conflict with each other? And like when they do, where where do you go? Where where do you yeah. find yourself drawn most to? Well, you know, I wear different hats, different hats at different times, mm-hmm. and so I really had to focus on whatever I'm doing in the moment and give all my attention to that one thing. Mm-hmm. You know, so during the, the school day from seven o'clock till two two thirty. I'm all teacher, you know, I'm yeah. that teacher this is what I'm doing. Um, when I was coaching, you know, then when, when the bell rang for the last period, I'm in the gym, I'm all coaching. Yeah. You know, that's all yeah. I'm doing. And then, uh, you know, for example, when I was, was pastoring as well, I'd get up really early about three thirty, four in the morning. And from about four till six thirty, I was working on church stuff and ministry stuff. It just, that was what I was doing at that moment. Yeah. So I've learned to really be laser focused in the moment with what I'm doing at that moment. And it, it, it's crazy because it's so easy to get overwhelmed. Yeah. You know, I, and I, I remember when I was, uh, that one summer I, I was running a basketball camp. And so we had like a hundred kids in the camp and the camp's always a big deal. It takes a lot of time. Yeah. And I remember at the same time, I, I was thinking, okay, I gotta have a sermon ready. For next Sunday, yeah, yeah, you know, and it was just kind of nuts, but I just had to focus and say, okay, right now this is what I'm doing, so this gets all my attention. Yeah, I'm not gonna worry about everything else <laughs> that's at that a, moment. That's what I was gonna ask. I was gonna ask as a kind of like a follow up question to that. Would 
would be you being a motivational speaker, you being somebody who's always in, you know, kind of a leadership role. Like you said, obviously it can get draining, it can get um, tiring. What is what does a motivational speaker do? What does um, you know a leader do to motivate himself to to get yeah. you out of that? Yeah. You know? Well, for one thing, you got to be intentional. You know, and you know I'm a motivational speaker. I you know I, I speak to groups and professional groups and businesses and, and schools and you know so I try to fire people up. I try to help motivate people to be the best they can be. Um, but at the same time, I'm still human. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not at this super high level of motivation all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we all have moments when we're dragging a little bit. Yeah. And so for me, I keep motivated because I set a certain amount of time in the mornings to really, um, fire myself up. I do a lot of reading, a lot of writing, uh, spend a lot of time, um, you know, investing in myself. Um, because that's just what fires me up Yeah. and listening to podcasts, you know, listen to other people speak. So I think it's really important to, um, just surround myself and put into my mind those things that I know are going to lift me up. Yeah. So that's one of the main things that I do to keep, keep myself going. But yeah, so you're, uh, you've been, you've been speaking for a while. Um, what's your go-to motivator when you're trying to motivate someone else? Um, maybe like in the moment or. Uh, if you have something prepped, I'm sure you have a couple of things that you have in your motivational bag that you like to go to. What are some of those like quick draw ones that you yeah, have? Yeah, yeah. Well, so I got a couple of things. Like one of the main uh, talks that I give is on teamwork. <laughs> and so I'm, you know, being a coach for all these years and being a part, being a leader and a part of different organizations, um, teamwork's huge. And, and so in the back of my mind, I'm always thinking team. <laughs> and so for me, a team is motivating. And so I'm always thinking about, um, you know, what elements of teamwork can I apply in my life? Because we're all part of different teams. Yeah. Right? I mean, even your podcast is a team. You're talking about other people. You have help with you. And yeah. as you grow yeah. and, and involve, you're going to have more people on your team. Yep. Right? I mean, family life is, is a team. You know, the school where, where I work at Lincoln, you know, that's one big team. And so... To me, the aspect of, of being a part of a team is is really motivating. Um, I can't remember exactly your question. Uh, that it just just something like that, like you're saying. Um, I was I was asking what's your go to motivational yeah. kind of topic or right. motivator that you go to, but yeah, you answered it very well. Like yeah, that yeah. So aspect of right, and so in the business world, um, you know, the great businesses and companies they understand they're a team. Yeah. And everyone has a role mm-hmm. and everyone has a job they have to do and everyone needs affirmation. Everyone needs encouragement. Yeah. Right. Everyone needs to be held accountable. Mm-hmm. Everyone needs to know what the standards are and what's expected. Yeah. And so it's really fun to go into a business or a professional group, talk to a sales team and talk to them about, about being a part of a team. Yeah. And, yeah. and usually there'll be someone in there that's, that's a sports guy. You know, he played yeah. football or basketball in high school. And so, you know, yeah. the coach comes in and talks about a team, kind of gets them fired up a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, and then there's people, you know, who aren't really into sports, but it's fun to take those people and see them understand that, yeah, I am a part of a team. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a purpose. I have a role. Yeah. And so it's fun to help everyone see how they, in their role and their part of the team, uh, fulfill the mission of that organization. Yeah, yeah. What's the what what's the the hardest part you would say about motivating someone? What's the like the hardest person you found mm-hmm. to motivate? Like that type of person. Well, you, you can't force anyone to be motivated. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't force anyone to do anything. Yeah. Right. Everyone has to make their own choice, and 
I've gone to groups where I've, I've spoken before and there's people you know, on the front row, they're excited, they're taking notes and they're just eager to learn. Yeah. Right. And then you have people who sit in the back, you know, maybe they're forced to come or they don't really want to come. And they're just like, you know, it's kind of like students, some students in my math class, they're just like, all right, teach me something. I dare you to. Yeah. It's just kind yeah. of their attitude. Right. Yeah. And, and so no matter what I do, it really comes down to the choices that people make. So when I'm talking, that's a part of my message. Yeah. You get to decide for you what you're going to do, right? It's not the circumstances that you're in. It's not the, the negative uh, situation, the difficulties that you're in. It's, it's the choices that you make. Yeah. And so when it comes to motivating people, really, to be honest, I mean, I, I really believe that only you can motivate you in the long term. Yeah. I mean, you can have external forces. You can listen to motivational speaker. You can watch a YouTube video, you know, listen yeah. to your favorite song. Get hyped up. And get hyped up yeah. and be motivated for a period of time, but it's not going to last. Mm -hmm. So true motivation is that intrinsic motivation that's just, just deep down and, and you just keep grinding. Yeah. It's a grind. You yeah. just, you stay with it. Just make it happen, basically. Right? Yeah. Right. But you, you have to put yourself in positions. And I really believe that you that you can prime yourself and you can have an environment environment around you that will be conducive to you being motivated. Mm -hmm. And when I talk about being motivated, we're talking about just being the best you possible, right? I mean, because yeah. if you're really motivated, you're doing those things that you know you need to be doing. You're you're living your life at the highest level possible, mm -hmm. and you can't do that if you're surrounded by people that are always bringing you down, right? If you're surrounded by negativity, I always like to say. You know, a boat is surrounded by water. Yeah. But it doesn't sink unless the water gets inside of it. Mm -hmm. Right? It's the same thing as us with us in negative situations. We could be all around negativity, but we're not gonna sink unless it gets inside of us. Yeah, unless you let that affect Exactly. You. And so for me, I think we gotta be around people that are gonna lift us up and inspire us. And one of my favorite quotes is you're the average of the five people you hang out with most. Right. And, yeah. And so yeah. when I when I ask that question, I, then I have a follow up question is, well, what's your average? You know, who are you hanging out with? Yeah. Because you're going to be average of those people. And that's true in every area of life for students. You know, if you want to get good grades, well, you got to hang around people to get good grades. Yeah. Because then you're going to have their habits, their conversations, you know, their lifestyle. If you want to be super fit and in shape. Well, you're going to need, you need to hang around people that are super fit and in shape, yeah. right? Because you're going to evolve and be, be like them. Yeah. So when it comes to motivation, when it comes to any kind of change in your life, anything you want to be that's different, mm -hmm. a huge key is being around people that already have what, what you want to have. Yeah. Again, like you said, like a team. Yeah. Around a team. Yeah, yeah. That's your team. Yeah. Yep. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, tying it back, you mentioned the, the student, you know, the student that was like, oh, I dare you to teach me. Yeah, something. yeah. Um, that was actually me. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. When I was in school, I did not want to learn. I just, I didn't understand why I had to learn all this math and just different things. It's just, I, I was not a great student. Mm -hmm. So I, I can relate to the student that yeah, comes yeah. in with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. Mm -hmm. <laughs> how do you, uh, how do you feel about that? Having um, that same history, that same background of, of being um, a student that that didn't want to be at school or was struggling at school because I. Uh, like I was telling you earlier, I listened to you when you were on your um, other podcast. Uh, you were saying that you you actually struggled in school, mm -hmm. um, that you actually didn't really want to become a math teacher. Uh, what what was that again? Why? Um, 
Well, I wanted to be a coach. Yeah. I wanted to be a coach and, and a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I didn't really want to be a math teacher, but I knew I wanted to coach and I wanted to, I wanted to be in education. I wanted to be a PE teacher. But my college advisor said, if all you can do is teach PE, you'll have a hard time getting a job. Yeah. Everyone wants to teach PE. Yeah. Right? And I said, right. okay, well, what should I teach? He goes, well, if you really want to always be able to get a job, teach math. <laughs> yeah. And I'm yeah. like, what? You got to be kidding me. But the more I thought about it, I was like, you know, I mean, he said science too. Science is a big one. I didn't really care for science. And, you know, I definitely didn't want to do like English or history or something like that. So I thought, well, if it's going to help me get a job. And I thought, well, you know, math is like cut and dry. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Two plus two is always four. Yeah. It doesn't matter how you feel on that day. Yeah. Right. It's like, okay, it so may, maybe I can learn this. And so, um, yeah, so I worked really hard. I uh, decided to be a, a math teacher, struggled. Uh, all through college, um, I'll never forget, I went into, um, well, I had to take math classes just to get into the math program. Like, I had to take all these remedial classes. Oh, like like algebra? Right, yeah, all yeah. the basics just to start taking the regular college-level math classes wow. to be a math teacher, right? So, I had I got to calculus, and I had to take three semesters of calculus. Mm-hmm. Calc 1, Calc 2, Calc 3. And I was just shaking in my boots. I had no idea how I was going to pass calculus. And when I got to college, you know, I learned that I, I did have to work hard. And I did, I was a hard worker. Yeah. I was definitely a hard worker. But I just didn't get it. Mm-hmm. You know, the concepts are just like going right over my head. So I go into this first, first calculus class. And I'm sitting on the front row. I'm taking notes. I'm trying really hard, right? We have our first test. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of excited. I've been yeah. working my butt off. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I'm going to get this. Yeah. And so we take the test. Then we leave. The next day we come back. And professor's passing out the test. I'm all nervous but excited. And she passes out the test. My buddy next to me gets his test, right? He got 97%. Sweet. Yeah. And he sat there. He never took any notes. He just sat back there and just kind of watched the whole time. Just watched her teach. Didn't write anything down. And I thought, okay, well, he gets 97%. I definitely got this. So I get my test back. You know what, I, what, what it was? 33%. Yeah. I totally bombed it, man. 33%. That's like... That's the most ironic, like a math teacher. Oh, failing, it was awful. Like, failing your math Well, class. yeah, and then I'm thinking, okay, I want to be a math teacher. Yeah. And I got to take two more semesters of calculus after this. And the first test, I get a 33%. <laughs> I'm like, man, I don't know how I'm going to do this. this is, yeah. And, yeah, and I was really, I was really like devastated. I was like, man, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. And as I've learned throughout life, you know, life is full of disappointments, right? And for me, my natural like cycle is to, first of all, when there's a huge disappointment is to be a little bit crushed, maybe a lot crushed, yeah, maybe a little bit whiny, you know, and just like, poor me, what am I going to do? But then I, I always get to this point where I'm like, okay, I'm going to figure this out. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to get this. Have your little minute. And- yeah, exactly. It was the same thing with basketball. We'd have an awful loss mm-hmm. for about 12 to 18 hours. I was just crying and just moaning just and just so upset. But the then you get to that yeah. point where it's like, okay, we're going to figure this out. Let's regroup. Let's figure out the game plan. Mm-hmm. So to finish the, the, the calculus story, so I just figured out that what I had to do was go to that professor's office hours every single day. Yeah. And so after class, uh, we'd go to lunch and then she had her office hours. And every single day during her office hours, Starting at one o'clock, guess where Gary Green was? I was right there. I, I can still yeah, yeah. see. I was there out before one, waiting for her. I can still see her coming around this corner, walking down this long hallway, and I just know what was going through her mind. 
oh, great. There's that green old kid again. (laughs) But it was like every day Uh, I was there and my attitude was, I'm not leaving until I learn this. And I try to tell that story to, to my students in high school. I try to get them to understand that you have to take responsibility for your learning. You got to take responsibility for your success. Yeah. Right. I wasn't naturally gifted in math. I didn't just naturally just didn't come to me. I had to work my tail off and I had to use the help of that professor. Yeah. But I did everything I possibly could. And I passed. I passed it with a C, you know, and I got the rest of the calculus classes. C's degrees, right? I've heard that before. (laughs) It worked for me. Yeah. Um, But anyway, but the, the moral of that story is I had to work really hard really hard. And so I think now that helps me relate to students mm-hmm. who just don't get it, you know, and there's students that just don't care and they don't understand why am I learning this? You know, I've been there. I yeah. get it. Yeah. But you got to do it. You want to get a high school diploma, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you don't want to, none of these kids, you, when you ask them, do you want to graduate or you want to be a dropout? Well, no one wants to be a dropout. Everyone yeah. wants to graduate. So you have to figure out what it takes, you know, whatever it takes. If, if you have that attitude, I don't care what it is in life, whatever it takes, and you're willing to pay any price, you'll be successful. I think that's what, what is hard for people to get is when when you say like, because when, when you hear that story, you're like, oh, well, like I was there every day, like I, I wanted it and I just made it happen. And right. it sounds like way too easy, too much of like a fairy tale. It's <laughs> like, oh, well, like, what do you mean? Like if you wanted it, you just went out and like made it happen. It's like. I don't think people realize like how easy it actually is. Like as long as you just, I mean, it's easy, but it's hard. Yeah. It's like the, 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 the formula is easy. Mm-hmm. It's going to be hard work, but it's a simple you know, path. Just follow that right. formula. And think about how many people start, but don't finish. Yes. See, I had to do that for an entire semester. And what a lot of people do, whether it's, you know, studying like, like this story or whether they want to lose weight or achieve any goal is they start. And they'll go for a day or two, mm-hmm. maybe three, maybe four. Yep. And then what happens if they stop? Well, that's right? the same thing we they were talking about. It. Yeah, but right before we were recording, um, we were talking about consistency. Mm-hmm. We were talking about the, the, the show and all that. And right. it's like, that's the same 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 concept as right. keeping consistency. I mean, when I was going to start season two on this, I mean, I was coming off of a break. I really didn't want the stress. I didn't. I was like, well, it was nice not having to, you know rearrange my whole living room and, and, you know, schedule people and call people and edit videos and make sure things are recording your powers are on. And, you know, I was like, Oh, that's nice. Maybe, I, maybe I'll just do one at one season. And like, that's it. I was like, no, you know what? People liked it. There's, there's some, a little bit of like reliability. I mean, I got mm-hmm. only 86 subscribers right now, but I mean, Hey, it's those, grow. yeah, those 86 are, grow. you know, waiting for another video. And I was like, you know what? Absolutely. And it's going to grow. It's going to grow. And here's the thing. Here's why people quit. They don't see results. They don't see the results that they want, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, if you went to the gym and you worked out and you did 30 minutes of of ab work and then you looked in the mirror and you're like, dang, look at that six pack. Well, you do. You work out every day, right? But you don't see it right away. Mm -hmm. It's like day after day after day. And the real successful people understand you're not going to see results immediately. And same thing with you, you know, on the podcast, you know, you might not get the views you want at the beginning, you know, 86 subscribers, you know, I mean, that's great. That's a great start. But you just, if you just keep going pretty soon, it's 87, 88, yeah, you know, you just, and you just keep going. Trickles and- yeah. And I, I hate, I get so frustrated when I see people that have the potential to be so successful, but then because they don't see the results that they want mm-hmm. soon enough, they just quit. They just say, Oh, I can't do it. Yeah. Oh, you can do it. You just got to stay with it. 
Yeah, I think I saw it's, it's like your your success could just be like that next episode or like that next speech you give or that next assignment you right. do. And um, there's a picture, kind of like a meme, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it was like you know, never quit because you never know how close you are. And right. it was like one guy was digging. And I've he seen was like, yeah, he was like one one you know shovel right. scoop away from like around. time, and yep, and he yep. just turns around. Exactly. And it's like, oh man, exactly. And you're like right there. I think, Peter, I think so many people are almost successful. Mm-hmm. And to me, almost is such a sad word. Yeah. Because almost is so close. You know, how many people go on a diet and almost lose weight? Mm-hmm. You know, they set a goal and they almost reach it. Or they're in a relationship that almost works out, right? Just almost, you're so close. And they don't keep going. And to me, that's the key is you just, you have to keep going. Yeah. And, make uh, it, make almost it is a sad word, you know? Yeah. We don't want to be there. Well, that's the hard part about like, what was like all the, all the movies, all the, the big stories you always hear about the guy that took first place, you know, mm-hmm. or like, I think my, my favorite question I always like to ask people is like, who won, who was the second place to last year's Super Bowl? Who was second place to 2015 Super Bowl? You can always name who won the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. but you never really know, well, who lost, mm-hmm. you know, because you know, what was the, I think the saying is like, history is now written, you know, or history is written by the victors. And it's like, well, if you want to be one of those victors, then make it happen, mm-hmm. you know, right. grind through and right. and see your goals throughout the end. And, you know, when you're sitting here talking and saying, you know, saying you're, you're what you have to say, um, you know, just just here, I, I reflect mm-hmm. on myself and like things right. that I need to do that I'm like, wow, you know what? Right. You know, when you're saying following through, you know, it right. just, I was so close to not doing season two. And just right. Like, oh. right. Well, but, but then, you got to do it. Yeah. I was yeah. like, well, you know, just. You gotta, and see, here's the thing. You get it. around. One or two people that encourage you, mm-hmm. or just even one person that says, "Oh, I saw that show; it was so good." Like, yeah. what's that do to you? Yeah, oh, you're like, it fires me. Okay, up. I gotta go. I gotta keep yeah. going. Right. And so, again, going back to like, what's it take to be successful? What's it take to be motivated? Well, you gotta be self motivated, understanding that there is someone out there that mm-hmm. likes that sh- likes your show. Yeah. You just didn't hear them, or there is somebody out there that notices, but. Can you keep going even when you don't hear those applause, mm-hmm. right? When you don't know that they're out there, you just, you got to keep going. It, it, to me, it comes down to just to discipline. And I always have this saying, in fact, I think I have it on, on my classroom wall, or I know I have it now. I probably had it when you were there, but discipline is doing what you have to do, when you have to do it, whether you feel like it or not. And see, most people only do things that they feel like doing. Mm-hmm. And if we only did what we feel like doing, we're not going to do a lot. Yeah. Right. But if we do what we have to do, when we have to do it, regardless of how we feel, regardless of anything else, just this is what I got to do. We're going to see results. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when, like I say, no matter how you feel, because I notice when I'm, when I'm feeling down or like when I feeling sluggish, I don't want to do something. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the kind of person that like, oh man, I'll push myself to the very limit. I'm like, you know what? All right, let me do it. And when I do it, that's, that's, even when I'm doing, I don't, oh, man, I, I, I grumble and I cry mm-hmm. about it and I'm whining, but it just digs me out of the right. It just drags me up out of whatever slump or, or hole I'm in and like setting up for the show. I mean, it's, it's a lot to move this stuff around and, you know, there's a TV that comes back out here and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. couches get moved. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's like, oh man, I, I could have done this at any point during the week or even yesterday, but you know, I was doing it this morning mm-hmm. before you were coming over. And I was like, oh, man, I don't want to do that. And once I started moving stuff, I was getting it going. Obviously, I got music playing because, you know, I'm the kind of guy that needs to, mm-hmm. needs to have something in the background going. 
Um, but by, by the time I was halfway through, I was, I was ready. I was excited. Right. You know, I was out of my little funk and, right. and I was ready to record another episode and get this, this show going right. again. Right. I think it's important too, to understand that it's okay to be in a little funk. Yeah. Right. Sometimes we beat ourselves up mm-hmm. and then we snowball, you know, we get in that funk and then we snowball it gets worse and it gets worse and it gets worse and we never get out of it. Yeah. You know, and I think it's important to recognize, okay, I'm a little bit of a funk. Okay. What should I do? Mm-hmm. You know, do I have a strategy to get out of it? You know, it's, yeah, it might be yeah. just as simple as putting on some music, you know, maybe just stopping, thinking about something else, um, reading something, you know, watching a video. But we, I think we have to get out of that. We have to realize we're in a funk mm-hmm. and then say, okay, I'm not going to stay here. Yeah. And another big thing is, is knowing what you really want, like seeing the end result. Like I know in your mind, you, you see uh, a podcast and a YouTube channel, yeah. uh, thousands of followers with a link, right? You all see kinds it. of stuff. I'm not having to use my phone. And yeah, you see yeah. it, right? And so to me, that keeps me going. You get a little bit fucked. You're like, wait, wait, no, 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 no. I know what I'm shooting for. Mm-hmm. I'm not there yet, but I'm, I'm, I know where I'm going. Yeah. And by doggone it, we're going to get there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're going to get there. So Absolutely. okay, let's get out of this funk and let's get moving. Yeah. <laughs> when, when you feel like you've gotten there, What's your big thing on um, like resetting goals? What's what's your next? What do you set your sights on, or what do you tell people to set their sights on? You know, when uh, when I think back, my dad used to tell me because um, my dad my dad's a big uh, talker. He likes mm-hmm. to you know obviously that's where I get it from. Mm-hmm. Uh, he likes to sit there and talk, and you know I can sit there and listen to him for hours and just not yeah. say a word yeah. and just absorb everything he's saying. And one thing he used to say when you know when I was going to school or in high school. You're like Peter, you know, if you're if you're shooting at a tree, right, and you want to hit the highest part of the tree, what do you do? I was like, well, you aim at the top. He's like, no, no, no. He's like, you aim higher than the top. Mm-hmm. He's like, because you know what? No matter what you do, that arrow's gonna fall. You know, you're gonna lose a little bit of what you're shooting for. So what you know what to do is aim higher because you're gonna eventually hit at least somewhere where you want to be. Mm-hmm. But if you're aiming at the top, you're gonna aim, you're gonna hit lower. You know, you might hit the ground depending on mm-hmm. where the tree is, mm-hmm. how far your goal your goal is away. So it depends on where you're aiming. You know, and so I always wonder, well, what happens when I hit the tree? What do I do? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you motivate people that are right there or about to hit their goal, and now they're like, okay, well, where, where do I go from here? Well, first of all, you're aiming, and that's good mm-hmm. because a lot of people don't even aim; they just go through life. Yeah, they just they just drift through life, especially. As they get older, and, and you'll find as you get older, it's easy just to get in this routine, this rut. Yeah. Right? Where you just you you just kind of get up, you go through the motions, you go through the day, you get home, you're tired, you do whatever, you watch TV, you do whatever, go to bed, you get to do the same thing the next day. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, you're 30, 40 years old, and you're like, wow. Yeah. I had all these fast. dreams, I had all these things I wanted to do. So to me, first of all, you gotta aim. Yeah. Right, you gotta aim. You gotta have something that you're shooting for, and and then you gotta have a plan. Like, okay, how am I gonna get there? Right. And if you don't have a, an action plan, then you, your your goal, your dreams, they're they're probably not gonna happen. Yeah. So you have to, to me, you have to sit back and you say, okay, this is what I want to accomplish. Okay, well, now let's back up. What are the steps that I need to do to make it happen? What do I need to do every single day to make it happen? Mm-hmm. And and, you know, another thing, too, Peter, is I think a lot of people sell themselves short is they feel like maybe they can't do something, a certain thing. You know, maybe 
yeah, it's not really possible for them. You know, I love for the podcast here, you know, you've got your sights set and you're like, I can get there. You know, I just, I just sense that from you. Yeah. But a lot of people don't have that. A lot of people have, they put limits on themselves. Mm -hmm. I think we all deal with it. And I'm sure you've dealt with it. I've dealt with yeah. it where we think we second guess ourselves. And maybe, you know, we've had people tell us, oh, you can never do that. Or, you know, we have limits that are put on us and we have to break through those limits. And that's really important. I, I remember hearing a story where these scientists did this study with fleas, you know, a little tiny flea. They put these little fleas in a jar mm -hmm. and, you know, a flea can jump like eight, 10 feet in the air. Yeah. And they put these fleas in a jar and they put a lid on it and the fleas are jumping up and down and they're jumping they're hitting their head on the top of the jar. Yeah. So after a little bit, they're like, okay, this isn't cool. Hitting my head on the top of the jar. So they're jumping, but they stop just as at the height of the jar. Okay. Then the scientists take the lid off and let the fleas out. For the rest of their lives, those fleas will only jump as high as that jar. And I look at that and I go, okay, well, they were conditioned by their environment mm -hmm. to think they could only jump so high. That that limit's always yeah. there. Yeah, right. But there's no limit. Yeah. But in their minds, they've been conditioned by their environment to feel like there's a limit. Yeah. And I think for us, we got to understand there's really no limits. Yeah. There's no limits. You can do anything, especially in this day and age. With all yeah. the all that's available to us and technology and all the possibilities, there there's no limits to what what can accomplish what you can accomplish. Yeah, well, and that's what I like that you bring up when you say environment, like bringing up studies that that you, they say that humans are one of the few, if not the only, animal or creature here that that can manipulate their environment to suit mm -hmm. them. You know, mm -hmm. you don't see you know polar bears making the the arctic colder so it consume mm -hmm. them you know that's that's it's not happening but humans are the only ones that can do that and mm -hmm. it's like you say you those fleas are conditioned for their environment people get conditioned to their environment and it's right. it's a unfortunate and a shame that they don't realize the power and the the ability they have to right. to reshape their not only their environment but therefore their entire life right. and, and the problem is we listen to that and yeah. then we start telling ourselves the same lies that, oh, well, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not possible for me. Yeah. You know, I mean, we all battle that. And some people, like, they, they talk to themselves negatively for so many years. Like, they just think, oh, that's that's just it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I heard the other day that we have, like, 80,000 thoughts in a day. The average person, like, 80,000. And 75% of them are negative. And so we have to, yeah. we have to be <laughs> yeah. intentional about not a, not speaking negatively to ourselves, mm -hmm. but speaking words of affirmation, right? Speaking words of positivity, words of life to ourselves for what is possible. Yeah, that's it. That's you gotta funny. Break through that. It's funny that you say that because another thing I uh, you know I always say I heard because I mean I can't pull out my cited sources. You know, <laughs> sure, from, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean because I don't have cited sources, but I remember hearing that they say the the memories that stick with you or that stick with human beings the most are always or tend to be negative. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the, the human brain just has some affinity for negative feelings and negative uh, situations for it to stay there, which I understand on like a, a primal survival basis. Like, okay, well, if, if that, that was bad, mm -hmm. I don't want to do that again. Let me make mm -hmm. sure I put a note that, hey, you know, when that happened, right. <laughs> whether it made me feel bad or I wasn't a bad situation, you know, you're, unfortunately your brain doesn't, recognize you know mm -hmm. oh it's just this right but yeah you know you get you you hold on to those bad bad situations those bad thoughts and you know like you're saying it is important to make sure that you stay positive and that that's a conscious decision that decision that you have to uh, be 
making. Right, right. I think of uh, when it comes to what's possible. I, I love the story of Roger Bannister. Um, Roger Bannister was the first guy that ran a four-minute mile. Okay. And for years, for years, doctors, scientists, they said it was impossible for a human to run a mile in four minutes. No one had ever done it. And all the doctors said it can't be done. Yeah. And so no one ever did it. Can't be done. Doctors said so, right? All these yeah. official people. Yeah. Well, Roger Bannister did it. He, he ran a four-minute mile. There you go, doctors. <laughs> What's crazy is in the year that followed, hundreds of people. In fact, since Roger Bannister ran the first four-minute mile, over 20,000 people have run a four-minute mile, including high school kids. It's a lot so more chance. Yeah. <laughs> one, one person did it. One person said it's possible. And again, it just goes to show that we condition ourselves. We just say, oh, it's not possible. Not for me. Maybe for that guy. It's yeah. not possible. But yeah. sometimes we just need one little spark. And many times it's got to come from inside. It, it is possible. Yeah. I can do it. Yeah. It's crazy, those those environmental limits that, that we talk about. Because like I was telling you, I work on the freeway at nights. Mm -hmm. You know, I do freeway construction. And there's a lot of times where I'm sitting out there at night, you know, where we, we take a lane or two. So we're kind of hanging out in the middle of the freeway. Where I'm like, the, the real only thing that's preventing, you know, this 3,000 to 8,000 pound vehicle from just ruining our night is a couple of lines on the ground that are painted and maybe like 100 10 pound cones, you know, spaced out every yeah. 100 to 150 feet. You know, it's like, I have to trust those uh, those people that mm -hmm. their, their, their environmental conditions are working, right. so they stay there. And so it's... It's fascinating how how small little things that aren't really there allow us to be conditioned. And luckily, you know, we can do that so that I can stay safe on the mm -hmm. road and those lines, mm -hmm. people follow those lines. But little things, tiny little things, you know, keep, right. keep you in your, your bubble. Right, you know, right. Your limits. Yeah. All right. Well, on a, lip, on a little more funnier note, what's some uh, stories you have from teaching that maybe you've had a uh, some disruptive students or some uh, some interesting stories back from you when you were a student. You know, I know you said you struggled high in college. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I struggled. Um, you know, I don't know about anything too interesting from when I was in school. But, you know, as a teacher, you just always deal with, with different things. Um, you know, I can't think of anything necessarily uh, that would stand out. Um Maybe the biggest thing is just kids falling asleep. Mm -hmm. I fell asleep. I remember yeah. I had a, a teacher uh, threw an eraser at me, you know, waking yeah. me up. Um, but uh, yeah. there's nothing to <laughs> What's your favorite kind of way? You know, that's the extent of your your disruptive classes, which I mean, great. If, if yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the extent of what you have to deal with. Because um, I know I wasn't like the best student to some of my teachers. You were awesome. So I, yeah. I never gave you any trouble. But um but like, what's your best, your favorite way of waking up your students? Well, you know, I mean, cl classroom management is a huge deal. Mm -hmm. And especially in high school, you know, you got kids that are 14 to 18 years old and a lot of them don't want to be there. A lot of them don't care as much as you wish they would. Mm -hmm. And so managing your class is always, to me, it's the top priority. Because if you can't manage the class, you can't teach. Yeah, yeah. Right? And a lot of new teachers don't get that. They come in with great lesson plans and all these ideas, which are awesome. But if you're not able to keep your class under control and have a culture and an environment for learning, mm -hmm. those great lessons don't mean much. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, so for me and just, you know, whether it's, you know, kids not paying attention, sleeping, talking, whatever, it, it's just an ongoing, um, it's a battle 
And as a, you can't be a high school teacher without kind of enjoying it in a way. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes it takes its toll. But what I love seeing, Peter, is progress. Yeah. I love seeing my class at the beginning of the year making progress to the end of the year. They make progress academically, mm-hmm. right, in, in what they're learning. They make progress in their maturity, um, in what they do, and maybe the way they act, and, and then how that changes to the end of the year. And it goes back to relationships. You know, I think the biggest uh, tool that a teacher has is to develop a relationship. And the way you do that is by letting kids know you care. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'm sure you've had teachers. I think of teachers that were just all business. Yeah. You know, and I'm all business a lot of the time. You know, when it's time to teach, it's time to teach. Yeah. But at the same time, you have to understand, hey, they got a life outside of my classroom. Mm-hmm. Right. So I try to ask them about, you know, their sports or things going on at home or, you know, if they got a job or different things like that. And I think when a student sees a teacher cares about them beyond them just being a student, mm-hmm. I think a lot of kids go, oh, huh, interesting. You yeah, know? yeah. Okay. Well, maybe this guy's not so bad after all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, that's the other thing. I don't uh, – I haven't really said – I've, I've, I've been saying Mr. Greeno – um, does that work or Coach Green? Well, Green, Green, Green Whatever you want, Peter. Okay, I'll, you probably... want. I'll just tell you this real quick. When I was in high school, my coach, I love the guy, mm-hmm. Bob Spain was his name. And years after I was graduated an adult, I went to see him. And I'm walking up to his house, right? And I have my wife with me. And I'm thinking to myself, you know what? I'm going to call him Bob. <laughs> I'm an adult. He's an adult. Yeah. You know, I've always known him as coach, but I'm, I'm going to call him Bob. So I knock on the door. His wife opens the door. She's like, oh, honey, look who's here. And so we walk in, and I'm like, I'll gear it up. I'm going to say hi, Bob, right? And I go, hi, coach. Yeah, I just couldn't do it. That's so funny. I couldn't do it. My dad says the same thing because my dad um, coached um, the Northwest Trojans, which is mm-hmm. a um, – Right, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, Pop yeah. Warner football right. team. And so he coached there. He coached at Lincoln High, the freshman team, for oh, okay. like a year or two. Um, so he's coached, yeah, like yeah, twelve years. So he's, he's coached a lot, right? But he says the same thing, like like um, people will come to him and still call him coach. Right. Or like uh, he saw um, one of his teachers, or his, his uh, metal shop teacher from mm-hmm. back in high school, and yeah. he was still like he's like Mr. Greeley or something, whatever yeah, his yeah. name was. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was like, it's funny. The other thing I was gonna say is like I've always like fumbled on your name too because I've had you as a teacher, so it was always Mr. Greeno. Yeah. But anytime I talk to my friends or like anybody on campus. Everybody called you Coach Greeno, right, even if they right. didn't play basketball. Yeah. Like, well, I didn't play basketball, so he wasn't really my coach. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So. Yeah. Well, they kind of knew me as, as Coach Greeno. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think when you're at one place for so long, man, 14 years, you know, you just kind of, oh, yeah, it's, it's Coach Greeno. Yeah. 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 Like, uh, yeah, so whatever you want. So, man. fantastic. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Coach Greeno, this, this kind of brings it to the end of the show. Uh, I want to thank you again for coming on um, and coming here and, and speaking to everybody and, and being on the show. If you have anything that's going on you know you can let the people know there's this camera the center camera right camera mm-hmm. you can um let them know where they can find you at how they can reach you um whatever yeah. you got going on well first thanks for having me on peter yeah man, i just love being here i love your studio this is awesome thank you and uh you know i already watched some episodes and i'll keep following you and i i'm excited to see what the future holds for you yeah thank so you. thanks for having me on um, yeah, I, my website's GaryGreeno.com. Um, I got a blog and, um, all my speaking stuff is there. So you can find me there. Um, I'm on pretty much all the social medias and my handle's Coach Greeno. So yeah. Fantastic. Well, we'll, we'll add all those links in the description. 
Um, once again, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks, Peter. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to check the description below. There you'll find links to Apartment 40 social media, YouTube channel, and more episodes of Apartment 40 podcast. You'll also find links to today's guests where you can connect, ask questions, or purchase products. Thank you as always, and we'll see you next time on Apartment 40.